Hello there, and welcome to Pink Milk After Dark, your late night live stream where we talk Star Wars queerly. I'm your host, Brian. With me, as always, are my better hosts, Emma and Mark. Get ready, because it's time to drink up. Hello, friends. How are the two of you? I'm hanging in there. (laughs) We were joking. This is going to possibly be Emma's night. So it might look like this a lot tonight just because Mark and I are exhausted. Mark has been uh, has a wonderful client who's not at all. High doesn't have high expectations. Is that the word I'm looking for? Correct. <laughs> and he did not say this. No one said that. I'm just assuming because I <laughs> like my friend. And uh, I'm going to put this out to all of our listeners to please put my husband, Tom, and his mother in your thoughts. We had a close call with Nana last night. And uh, so... I haven't had a lot of sleep tonight. So I am drained myself. Uh, Nana is fine. But... I was there. I was there for for my for my Tommy. But anyways, we are here and we are going to talk the children of Star Wars. I'm very excited. Tom and I spoke about fostering and adopting on this week's episode. And I was like, hey, I want to continue this conversation with my friends because they know more than I do. And then they start bringing up Hux and Snap Wexley. And I was like, oh, God, I don't. Okay, I'm here for it. And uh I'm very excited. Last night, I also hung out with this fine young gentleman, Ben, from the Katana cast, and uh, we had a great talk. So in two weeks, three weeks, three weeks time, because we're going every other week on after on Husband and Husband, but Ben and I talked some Leia, and it was a very good, very good conversation, and I love my friend very much. Hello, Alejandro. Hello, Eli. We will be hanging out with Eli tomorrow. Woo-woo. Yeah. Uh, hello, Alexandria. Hello, Brandon. <laughs> hello, Danny. Oh. <laughs> Hail to the beer. It's not the music because I don't know what I'm doing, but it's uh, the beer for sure. <laughs> hello, Chase. Hello. Hello, Des. Oh, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> All right. So. Mark, that's your name. Yes. <laughs> Look how tired I am. Already. This is going to be an SS show of a stream. How was your week? How was your week? Was it all right? Ups and downs, ups and downs. And today was pretty exhausting. So I'm, I'm, I'm a bit spent at the moment. This is least. when uh, After Dark is a little too late at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But um, I mean, hey, I'm glad it's done. Yeah. So, Someone that. posted today that it was Friday, and I'm like, it felt like it took 27 days to get to this Friday. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this week was actually three weeks. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, how about for you? You had a killer week at work too, right? Yeah, it was wild. It was totally packed. I was just like run off my feet. 
yeah, it was just a really busy week at work. However, I did get my fulcrum pin. <gasps> yes. Nice. So oh, that was that's good. amazing. That's awesome. We yeah. uh, we just got a uh, a beautiful, beautiful Ahsoka keychain in at the office, and like. My the corporate office is also the warehouse, so all these things come in, and there's way too much that floats across my desk as I'm as I'm working. And now that I'm back, at least sometimes during the week, I'm like, oh god, I had all these, I have this pile of stuff in my box to buy, and I'm like, oh, I think I just need to put this back. I, I organized my office the other day and cleaned things up a little bit, and I was like, I don't have room for anything else. <laughs> But I really want it. Like we had a, got a Funko Pop of of Din Djarin on top of a bantha with a little baby Yoda. I'm like, oh my god, it's so cute! I want it. <laughs> I want it. Oh, hello, Crystal. How long, Crystal? How long has your YouTube channel been going? I've watched a few of them, and they're very fun. You're very adorable, and it's great. Um, so, all right, where do we want to start? Where do we want to start? Do we start with Anakin being the child that starts this whole saga off? What do we think? I think that's where we're going to start. Yeah, I was going to say, let's <laughs> chronologically. So, Anakin is really, to me, the most in the most tragic of all the characters. It's very, very sad. Uh, you know, he was a slave growing up, didn't have a father because there was no father. I carried him. I gave birth. <laughs> I raised him, but there was no father. Is that the line? I hope I got it right. I think you did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, and then, Can't you know, me. <laughs> mom wants best for her son and is, and she sacrifices her everything to give him a better life. And the Jedi as as they are presented to the galaxy or, you know, the greatest, the jam, they're the jam, right? That's what everyone aspires to be. Yeah. And then we learn very quickly, oh, no one's going to love you. And you were taken from your family who loved you. And yes, I, circumstances were not good, but you had some love. And you are now given to someone who has no love. And I think we touched a little bit on this on our show, but, uh, two of our children in particular before they got here had nothing. They didn't really have anyone that cared for them before. And one um, did one had a very, very, very close bond with at least one of their parents. And it's, it's heartbreaking and it's hard to think about and it's hard, all of that stuff, but we see the benefits of being loved. And again, none of them were in a good place. So that is why they are here, but there is a benefit to at least one of them having a, a, a parent who loved them and took care of them to the best of their ability, at least for a certain point of time. And so I think about, oh, of Anakin, eventually the force would have caught up, right? He started, he would have been exhibiting more, more outward force abilities at some point in his life. Yes. And who could he have become if he had stayed with mom? Who was arguably one of the best moms that we see. Possibly. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Might be the, the only really great on-screen parent that we've ever seen. Well, yeah, Lyra Urso like, does a pretty good job, too. She does. Yeah. And this, um, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Actually, both the Ursos. 
Actually, both of them <laughs> do a great job. Oh my god, I completely forgot all about yeah. them. <laughs> Thank you for being here. See, because I'm yeah, already, I'm already nice. messing up. They were nice. Yeah, they and were then, very nice. Family. And one has to think, though. I mean, obviously, maybe through books more than anything, but it would have been nicer to have seen Breha a little more. Mm. You know, yeah. because you have to imagine that between her, you know, and her father, that they. Leia, they brought up Leia to be that character that we love, you know? And so, obviously, there were very good influences there, in, you know? Well, in Princess of Alderaan, Brea comes off very, very well. Brea, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Good. Okay, that's cool, because I've not read that book. It's one of the ones I have not gotten to yet, but that's that's great, though. I love it's actually that. kind of interesting how it sort of, I think it sort of echoes Anakin's upbringing in a certain way, because um, like, I feel like, I feel like Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan wanted to love Anakin and wanted to parent him, but circumstances did not allow because of the stoicism and monasticism that is demanded of Jedi. Like, I feel like they really would have fulfilled his emotional needs. Yep. Um, if they had been allowed to, mm. and it's kind of the same way with Leia, like in Princess of Alderaan, you really see how there's a lot of misunderstandings in her childhood. Like when you're reading it, because you read what's happening from her perspective and her parents are so secretive and sometimes distant, but you know that it's because they're part of the rebellion and they're trying to like save the galaxy. But from her perspective, it seems like they're shutting her out and you just Which kind of have every, this like every child all the time, like <laughs> listening on the other side of the door. What do you mean you can't talk to me? Talk to it's me. Just, <laughs> it's just so like ah, uh, it's like really heart wrenching. Like that that plot device is used to mm-hmm. very great effect, and so I feel like there's a lot of that that happens in Star Wars, where you have people, families who want to. That is an excellent point from Chase. Mm-hmm. You you um. You, you have these circumstances where these people want to bond with each other and they want to experience emotional closeness and intimacy and trust, but circumstances put obstacles in the way. Like, I can think of at least, like, five examples. <laughs> yep. I, 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 too, like what Chase is saying here. This is what I was going to jump to this when you're talking about Qui-Gon and, and Obi-Wan loving Anakin. And I agree. I... Th- had Qui-Gon made it out of that fight, mm-hmm. I think Qui-Gon would have taken Obi-Wan and Anakin out of the order anyways. And probably because he would have wanted to form a family of of better Jedi, I think. Personally, I, I feel like that's where he would have gone. Um, yeah. That's a what-if story that I would love to get behind. I would love to have seen what would have happened if he would have done something like that's that. That's a very know? bold claim that he would be like a full-on reformer. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think it was all there. Yeah. Hello. Oh, hello, Tony. Hello, sleeping kitten. Oh, oh kitten's here. We've Yay. missed you. <laughs> oh, and Tony, thank you, Tony, for, for sharing with me last week, earlier this week, whatever this three week week has been. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think, um, 
I think Qui-Gon was a lost opportunity to see what he could have been for Anakin. So, and, and Ben and I were talking a little bit last night to the relationship between Obi-Wan and Luke. And I feel Luke got something that Anakin didn't. I don't feel anyone ever really saw Anakin. And yes, Padme's great. And I know they really truly loved each other. But I feel what worked so well in their relationship was the fact that they both kind of knew that duty came first and they were okay. And they understood that they were never going to be the number one priority. And then we didn't get to see what would have become with them once she'd given birth and he would have been an act like he was going to be a father, you know, like we didn't get to see that because Palpatine got to him first. But, and I don't mean that as a slight against Padme because Padme is amazing, but I think they just understood each other, which is part of what made them such a great couple because she too was like the Jedi. She was never going, I don't, I th- I feel at that moment, like especially during Attack of the Clones, she didn't feel that she had the right to love a person because she was everyone's person. And yep. so she didn't feel that she could. It was very much that what the Jedi were supposed to be. I feel like Padme was very much what the Jedi were supposed to be and then lost it somewhere along the way. Um, yeah, because she was so service-oriented yep. in her duty. Yeah. Yep. She wasn't, and she didn't like pat herself on the back. Mm-hmm. Yep, I love. I um just watched Attack of the Clones the other day, and unlike Ben, I quite enjoyed it. And you can listen to that <laughs> podcast when we get there. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Thanks for coming back into the the chat, Ben. I know we've missed you, and here's the bus. <laughs> but there's a deleted scene uh, of of in Attack of the Clones when. You know, she, we, she reveals I was 14 when I was queen. I was, and I wasn't even the youngest queen that ever been elected, but I think I was too young. And Anakin's like, you know, something along the lines of, well, I heard they wanted to amend the constitution. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, you know, I don't remember her exact quote, but she was like, I don't believe in those things because you don't change the laws to get what you want because the laws are there to give you what you need. And it was such an interesting thing, especially knowing what was about to happen in Revenge of the Sith, of these two people, these two political leaders from Naboo doing the exact opposite of one another. So it was it was really good. But I, I Padme always put everyone else first. She was amazing. She was amazing. And we never really got a lot with her family either. But they looked pretty great in those deleted scenes. I'm glad they weren't in the movie. But they were <laughs> pretty good scenes, nonetheless. You know what? In the speech that you just quoted from, mm-hmm. Padme ends by saying that she wanted to have her own family, but she became a senator because the queen asked her to, and she felt a sense of duty. That's right. Yep. Yep. Oh, God. Padme's great. She's great. And that's another one. She was robbed of who she was going to become. Yeah, because it was later in that thing when she was like, you know, she had the pictures, which just now look like Harry Potter pictures with the like the moving hologram picture things. And, you know, she had the the two. Um, oh, 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 God, I'm blanking. What are walrus men called? You know, the little walrus men kids. Yeah, um, I'm blanking. Aqualish. Aqualish. Um, yes. The yes. two Aqualish kids, you know, one's called Sweetheart or whatever. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. It was interesting. So we just never got there with with Anakin. I mean, what are your thoughts on Anakin, Mark? It just, like you said, there seemed to be so much that was stacked against that 
poor character. It's like it, it from the beginning, you know, and 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 Shmi really wanted to make sure that he had a brighter future, but unfortunately, it's like that. You know, while it led him to become this powerful being, he was able to explore who he was, and he was exposed to all these supposedly great influences, but at the same time, yeah, it was his undoing, and obviously we've had that conversation, yep. you two have had that conversation about Jedi and, you know, all their hubris and, and what led to Anakin's downfall, because I think they're very much a part of that whole problem, yep. you know? Um so yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's it's so frustrating because I mean, to me, I do love Anakin, but it's like it seemed for every great opportunity that came his way, it just led him further down that hole. <laughs> you know, that just was well, no saving him after a while. And in some ways, like you know, like Pat, uh, uh, sorry, Shmi thought that she was sending Anakin. Off to a place that was going to prepare him for his life. And instead it did the opposite. It totally neglected him from developing the skills that he needed to become the person that he was meant to be. Yeah. It's like this ultimate tragedy, you know, you know, at least for him, at least for her, excuse me, she got to see, I'm so glad she got to see little Annie, my little Annie. And like, so for her, she got that moment that he was what she thought he was going to be. And, like, I know it's tragic that that wasn't it, but for her, that's what she left with. Yeah. And we all we know he gets back there again at the end. So yeah. He's, yeah. when they see each other on the other side, wherever that is, you know, like, he's back there. And she never had to hopefully know the dark stuff because yeah. I don't she doesn't deserve that. You know? Yeah, like for all of the tragedy in Anakin's story, I think that's like sort of the one one moment. I mean, there's a few moments, but that's one moment of redemption. Oh my God. You know, is just Every like Every time yeah. I flat out lose it. In oh that yeah. Scene. Every especially time. as a parent. Oh. Especially as a parent. Because like you put yourself in her shoes. Oh. You put yourself oh in her shoes and you think about this child that you haven't seen for ages. You had to send away. You did it for their own good. And now yeah. you're at the end of your life oh. and you get to see them as a person yeah. that you always hoped that they would be. Yeah. I have this, I have this dream, especially for one of my kids that one day they'll be able to see one of their parents again. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want. Like, that's just, I want, you know what I mean? Like I know, yeah. I know who the young men my boys are growing up to be, and and I hope they get that someday. And I hope they get that moment. I hope, I hope that um, bio parent is. I can't imagine. I can't imagine how hard that would be. My heart will always go out to that. But I hope for them they get a moment to see who they who their who their bio kids got to become. You know, um, I hope they get that because. Anyways, um, yeah, I, I I will whatever I will go down that road forever, especially on a emotional drain that I am already. <laughs> so okay, so Anakin, and now we have Leia and Luke, and two very different characters. So I'm gonna refrain from a chunk of this conversation because I Ben and I go into it a lot. So you'll our listeners will hear my thoughts on this in a few weeks. Um, but the two of you, I'm really really curious what 
and you know they're the heart of our saga luke and leia they are the heart of our saga so this is you know two really really important relationships and differences of born in the exact same circumstances but then given very different opportunities in life and where they went with those two opportunities i find it really really interesting so take it away <laughs> Go <for> right. <laughs> Okay. Um, yes. All right. I love, I love how, I mean, narratively, I understand like it's, it's brilliant the way that they've constructed Luke because he's such like an everyman. Like he's, it's so easy to identify with his character. I think a lot of people like just the choices that they made visually, you know, binary sunset, blah, blah, blah. Like everyone has, experienced that feeling especially when they were younger of like yearning for more than what they had and of feeling like oh there has to be something more out there you know it's so it's such a great choice like i think it's one of the reasons why star wars has been so enduring and it's been such a cultural force because it's a really great self-insert moment <laughs> mm-hmm. you know seeing luke in his youth um yeah i mean and I feel like I feel like again, like his his childhood was not necessarily one of like cruelty, I don't think, but I think it was more one of like benign neglect, which is also something that you know unfortunately people can identify with, you know it's just kind of, he was just kind of there, you know, and he like it feels like no one around kind of took any particular interest in him. Yeah. Even his friends, Ben and I were talking about that last night, even like those were scenes were all deleted now, but when he's yeah. with Wendy and Biggs and all that, yeah. and, and the other person that I can't remember the Cammy. name, Cammy, yeah, Cammy. Um, yeah. uh, like he was the, like the little brother that just tagged yeah. along he's with the, the he was like Big's little brother. Yeah. He's and, just and, wormy. Like, that's all he is to them. Yeah, so. yeah he's the yeah. Zeppo. Yeah, like in every friend group, there's always some one person who's like the lowest status who's always on the bottom. Yeah, you could really, especially in the conversation with Biggs, because you can tell that Biggs is like Mr. Big Shot with his like fancy mustache. Yep. And he was Screech. Like, <laughs> 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 he was Screech. Yeah. 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 What about you, Mark? What do you? What are your thoughts? I mean, obviously, like you're saying, so much of the saga saga revolves around these two. I mean, they're they're super important. Um, I just, I mean, I, you have to think about a, a common thread through a lot of these characters is one evil grandpa, so to speak, you know? <laughs> <laughs> who kind of ruins it all, and and he's like the. He is the puppet master that makes so many of these people in this whole story miserable. He changes, he manipulates everything up until the very end when he himself is a puppet hanging around, you know, and he, you know, he's a husk of a man um, who, you know, I, I think uh, Alden was talking about this too, was just like that, that hate the things that he won't let go. I mean, it just runs through the whole story. And luckily even though obviously they're affected by their father and what has happened, you know, that Palpatine has made happen. Mm-hmm. The fact that Luke and Leia 
can still be the people that they become. You know, Luke may be flawed, obviously, but we still, he is the hero. He's there. He serves his purpose, you know, and whatever part of the story that he's in, Leia continues to be strong. She helps other characters grow. I mean, there is a balance that there's a whole yin and yang with Luke and Leia. I mean, and I absolutely love it. It's like, you know, the more I I grew up loving Luke. I mean, that that was my hero. I loved him. That's, you know, I, I wore black for a long time afterwards, Return of the Jedi, because that made me feel better, you know, because I was like, Luke does it. And he looks so cool. So I got to do that, too. You know, and, is that also did- the uh, the same time you found the cure? <laughs> sure exactly yes no it was, it was actually the smiths but um, <laughs> but, um but the, the cure was much later funny oddly enough it would take lot longer for me to appreciate more of the cure even though they're as brilliant as they are but the smiths was much easier for me to get into at a certain age but yeah i digress <laughs> anyway um <laughs> but just to think about leia though i mean the influence that she has just her strength you know what she makes happen the way she leads all these people i mean she in the end does a lot more of what her brother was trying to accomplish without undoing a lot of things, you know, uh, although the argument can be made, of course, that, you know, as parents, Han and Leia obviously had a problem with Kylo, but Kylo was a problem child. You know, it's not necessarily on them, but, you know, um, things could have turned out a little better. But all that aside, honestly, I think that Leia comes off as the strongest of the two siblings. She accomplished more and didn't leave a trail of destruction behind other than a couple of, you know, empire bases and (laughs) other things, you know, that needed to be destroyed along the way, but that was for the common good. So, uh, (laughs) but that's, that's how I look at them is basically, I I think Leia comes out on top in the end more Mm -hmm. just because of what, um, where her path leads her. And, you know, if we're thinking about bloodline, I mean, there's just that whole fact. I mean, we, we talked about this before, she could have easily went down that path. Look at what was laid out before her, what she could have easily been Kylo. She could have easily been Kylo. And then that it's like, Oh, I could be like my father. I could rule, you know, I already have this power. So why shouldn't I, you know, Lord, you know, try to Lord that over everybody else. Cause I'm yeah. capable of it. People listen to me, but no, she, she, I, we never see her do that. I mean, it goes you know, completely against her nature because again, exactly she is yeah. like her mother, like she yeah. is yeah. all about duty and living a life of service yeah. to others. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and like again, a fundamental part of who she is. Like I yeah. can't imagine her yeah. being and, any and, other way. And then going back to, you know, um, um, her father, her her adopted father and mother. I mean, that she only added to that. Yeah, you know, they only added to that. I mean, they they really built on what was already there, and it gave her that foundation to be that person. So, yeah, I, I agree, yeah. and I think Luke was so much like his father, where Luke was so blindly attached to his attachment. Unlike his father, his father was so fearful of letting that attachment go that he ended up controlling it. And Luke yeah. just Luke, Luke was the wormy still, even though he loved everybody. But he was still always the tag along. He was part of the tag along gang, you know. But he he was very he was. I told I here we go. I can't like glass. I think he's Crane. 
we call yeah. Eli Cream in our yeah. family because he was he's the middle child who brought our and he was the last one here, but he was he's the middle and he brought our oldest and youngest together. So we always call him Cream and our Oreo cookies. And that is what Luke is. Luke is the cream of, of the saga. He holds it all together and he holds our our original trio together. That is mm. that is what he does. And it's intrinsic to him. I just think that's who he is as a as a person, you know? Um Screech held Stay by the Bell together too. Like that's what that person does because that's yeah. what they're there for. I was just going to say that there's something that Ian wrote earlier about, you know, Luke being 19 and playing with toy planes, but here I am at my age and I still play with toy planes. But- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was referencing uh, sleeping kitten up here with this meme, which this meme is hilarious. Uh, at 19, Anakin was a general in a war. At 19, Leia was helping to lead a rebellion. At 19, Luke was playing with toy planes. <laughs> Just like my T-16 back home. <laughs> exactly. Hey, man, I, I, you know, I like that little T-16. I'm going to be, you know, seeing a from time to time. No. Ben, As I have all my toys in the background, yeah. Ben made you. a great point about the about the way that Bale and Breha, like, gave, uh, like, Leia, like, how they influenced her. Um, and I think that that's, that's a really good point. And like, they gave her a template for like how to live a good life, how to live a life that is worthwhile and how to be a diplomat. Yeah. How to be a diplomat. But it's like, you're not going to integrate those skills if you don't think that they have some worth, you know, and they Mm -hmm. taught her why those things are, why those skills are valuable and why they're important. You know, I wonder what would have happened if they both would have grew up in that environment. Can you imagine? It's like, I just, it makes you think, you know, what what would have happened? Obviously there was a reason why they separated them. I get that, but still it's like, it would have been interesting to see what that would have done for Luke. You know, you know, interestingly in the revenge of the Sith novel, um, Anakin doesn't sense Luke's presence while Padme is pregnant. Yep. He only senses Leia. Mm-hmm. And, yet, and yet, in the films, as soon as Luke is like within 100 meters of Vader, he knows he's there. But Leia's all up in his face and he shows no indication that he knows that she's his daughter. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I can't wait for everyone to listen to my conversation with Ben. It was so good. I like, it is, I think going to be one of my favorite podcasts that we have done so far. Like it was really, really good. We talk about all of this stuff. I'm just like, Oh God, Ben. Oh yeah. We had a great conversation. I'm so, so excited. Hello, Seth, Jen. Hello, Sam. Welcome. Hello. Scorpulous. Hopefully I said that correctly. Um, but yeah, I think there's, um, a lot of nature versus nurture conversation between, Luke Leia, and Leia with the parents that raised them because they were also very much like their bio parents at the same time and nothing like them. At the, you know, it's, a, it's a really, it's so good. I think there was the fact that George adopted his children. I think there was, and he hadn't done it yet by that point, but it was clearly something he wanted to do. This was something that was very much in his mind already um, that I find really, really fascinating, especially now as an adoptive parent, you know, I, I always, I was adopted by my dad, so I could look at it through that lens, but now to be a parent of adopted children is like, it's, it's, it's a really, there's a whole other layer to Star Wars that I just, I knew was there, but I couldn't 
feel it the same way I can feel it now. And it's really, really fascinating. And it's been, I kind of love Star Wars. Um, another what if real quick, since this has been a what if episode a few <laughs> times today, I don't, I was speaking with uh, Yogi Kai on Twitter and bloodline. We mentioned bloodline and I'm like, you know, and we again, talked to touched on this last night, but can you imagine if bloodline had just opened with a napkin bombing? Like that's where the movie started. Like we got two minutes of this is the new Republic and boom, an explosion goes off. Who is it? It's the first order. Boom. And now we, and then go to where the movie went. And now we see the first order with Kylo and all the stormtroopers. Imagine if that was like the first five minutes of that movie. It would have been like, it would have been too much like attack of the clones. I think, because remember how that starts, you know, I love Uh, that intro. I really do because you get that, you know, flying over, Coruscant landing that gorgeous gorgeous like vehicle they're in you know which looks very retro of course yep you land it's like okay you know they're home they're safe nope <laughs> R.I.P. Corday yeah that is my favorite opening to Star Wars is yeah. the opening of that the way the in the Rose ship turn right oh god yeah and then that is I know I've mentioned it before but it is one of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars that awkward i'm leaving my helmet on because no this isn't like giving away who's underneath that helmet and like i like cedar i love (laughs) love natalie portman yeah but that girl did not know how to act with that helmet on she like just (laughs) she did not know what to do she's like you can't see my beautiful eyebrows right now you can't see them (laughs) oh (laughs) oh but she does have that great moment she takes the helmet off and it's beautiful like ponytail thing comes anyways oh i love that moment it's so lame it is so not good and it's perfect <laughs> okay so we are into the sequel trilogy now and i do not want to leave out jenner or so but we're going we're following the saga right now so we are in the sequel trilogy and we have ray and ben the new children of who came before and of two powerhouse families, two powerhouse <laughs> families. I love Ray and Ben. Like I love them with everything. I think they are the. For me, they might be so Raylo, <laughs> but I don't think I can be Raylo because I don't see them like as in a relationship. Can I still be Raylo and not want them to be in a relationship? No. Okay. See, so I don't think I can. <laughs> She straight up said no. Okay. So just real quick, Emma. So because Ben, I threw you under the bus once, I'm going to throw her under the bus now. Ben and I last night were talking about how much we love our Emma because she can be upset with you and say something so direct to you. And you're like, oh, but you, it's so kind. And it's, it's never said you with know. love. It's yes. You know that love. you need to hear yeah, it, right? Exactly. No, that's perfect. That's, that's, that's Emma in a nutshell right there. Until the bee Perfect. just did that. <laughs> no, she was still, she was still, she was still doing it. I, I got your back, Em. Okay. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. You just didn't like the answer. Uh, uh, okay. Oh, I'm just kidding. I yes. think I, I needed that laugh. Thank you. Well, I also learned this week from Emma that I, I am a gigantic London Grammar fan. I don't know if you, Mark, or anyone in the chat has listened to the London Wait, Grammar. What? Sleeping Kitten probably has, right? Probably, okay. yeah. So I just learned London Grammar is like the soundtrack for Raylos, apparently, according to Emma. So I was like, maybe I really am a Raylo. Maybe it's going to be like that five years from now. 
I'm going to wake up in, in like a hot sweat from like butterflies <laughs> and swan dream. Go, oh my God, I'm a Raylo. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. <laughs> I'm telling you, the tripping is falling into a hole for me. So maybe this thing will happen it, to you. It might. It might. My, my butterflies and swans are just going to also be filled with like poppers, smell, and sweat <laughs> and leather. And There's, the sweat underneath the leather. It'll all be like that. will be in there. <laughs> okay, listen, sir. If you go to AO3, there is over 24,000 Raylo figs. And over 8,000 of them are explicit. And if you want poppers and leather, you will find it there. <laughs> I One of these days, I'm going to not have three children who are young and being homeschooled. And I really, I think I'm going to join AO3 and I'm going to do my Din Cobb and Axwell story. Like that is going to be my jam. And I think I'm going to live there. And I'm going to have a lot of fun with it, I think. So, mm-hmm. so okay. Ray and Ben, very, very important characters. I think they are probably, possibly, two of the most interesting characters in the entire saga. Uh, don't always love the stories they were given, but I love those two characters. They are so good. Like, the after The Force Awakens came out, I was like, oh, my God, these characters, I love them. Oh, my God, who said something funny? Where there's something in there? I see Emma over here. Ben is trolling me about AO3. <laughs> Drop the AO3 links. Uh, Crystal, make sure if you don't follow Fox Fleur now, do it now because she drops them in there all the time and she likes to retweet a lot too. So you'll have all the links you need right there on Twitter. And they are very good. Just I learn more about swans than I ever have before. <laughs> it's the thing that sticks. So, okay, Mark, let's start with you. I'm sorry to the last one. What are your thoughts on Ray and Ben who both came from rough backgrounds. Yeah. Made very different choices. <laughs> became very different people. Yes. Um, yes. But, but, but again, we go, we go back to that thread of like, look who's still manipulating the damn story. It's like, <laughs> that's the, you're, you know, we go back to that same damn problem. Um, and this one to me, it's like I, I, I. This is the other thing I was thinking about the other day. That it, I, I didn't think about it so much when I was watching the movie, but now, after the fact, I think about it more and more. I mean, with Ray, the opportunity that was there for the Emperor, what he wanted to seize from this person, who was his blood, but he was just trying to use her. You know, mm-hmm. in the end, it wasn't like he was being some kind of loving grandparent in any way whatsoever. It was just all about the the end game, you know. Um, and it's just interesting because, again, it's like nature versus nurture. She ends up just completely fighting all that. That's not mm-hmm. her. She is not, you know, going to be acting like how he ha- it has been throughout this whole thing. It's like, it's not automatic, but unfortunately it does come out. You know, we see little bits and pieces of that because she's always been very free about the fact that when she needs to be aggressive, she will be aggressive, you know? Um, and then you get that really terrifying scene with Chewie and the shuttle and what you think has happened, even though it was kind of cool to see her fucking use force landing. Excuse oh my, my language. That but, was amazing. That was so good. That was like, oh my God, you know? It was really, really cool. And you know that Ben was like, oh. 
it's like she can do that you know <laughs> but i never figured that out that's true that would be more like him right like he's he's upset how come i can't do that you know <laughs> but but um but that all that being said i mean the fact look at their backgrounds look at what they were set up to supposedly be you know mm-hmm. they end up both fighting it in the end, which is like I tell you, I, I wanted to see more of that. I wanted to see them both come together at a certain point and fight it together a lot sooner. I think that would just ma- would have made more interesting the ending and the loss even bigger of what we saw in the end because it's like I, I it sucks that they didn't end up together, you know. But if you're gonna do that to me, I want to rip want you to rip my heart out, damn it! <laughs> it's like give me give me the full on. I have seen what these two characters are capable of together. I wanted them to be together like even earlier than that. I wanted to see more of that. But anyway, mm-hmm. that all that aside, um yeah, there there's just that the manipulation I don't think that even allows these poor characters to just live their lives like they would have been able to live their lives. And in mm-hmm. the end, they end up making the most of it. Some fight it a lot longer than others, whereas Ray inherently is a good person, you know, and luckily she finds Leia and Leia trains her. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I think that Leia comes out on top again on this story here, because look who she got to be alongside who she trained. And, and it's like, she obviously saw so much potential in her, despite who she was. I, I love that part of the story that to me, it's like, I wanted to know more about that. So, Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's it's unfortunate what happens to both these characters, but... 100%. I think what Palpatine was unable to um, recover from, because we all know Palpatine makes a lot of mistakes, but he can just recover so quickly. That's how he wins. Because he has some contingency plans. Yeah, but what he was not able to figure out, because he was so far down the Sith path, was that Rey didn't need anything. She has yeah. been on her own for so long that someone teasing her of everything that you could have, she's like, dude, I can get that myself. <laughs> and she had had the conversation with with Maz already saying, you know, stop looking behind you. Then Leia looks at her and says, you have everything you need right here. And so by the time she got there and then she's like, I didn't see you up on that throne. I saw Ben and I up on that throne. I can get everything that I think, what I want, what I don't want. I can do this all on my own and I do not need you. And Palpatine, I don't think, has a comprehension of someone saying, I don't need you. Mm. Whether it's the Jedi need to kill him, the Jedi need to end the Sith. Like, someone straight up going, I don't really care who you are. Like, that was her journey of, like, I don't care where I came from, anything that came before, because I am my own person. And, yes, these things have influenced who I've become, but these choices are mine to make. And Ray really is, for me, the first character that has all of that power in herself to make her own, 100% her own decisions. She wasn't tied to duty expectations or the expectations of becoming a Jedi. She was her own person. She studied history. She learned history as she was scavenging on all of those things. And she learned what she needed to learn to become better than. And that's why I cannot wait for her story to continue and her train a different kind of Jedi. And I really, really, really want her and Ahsoka to meet because I think her and Ahsoka, like, oh my fucking God, excuse, yeah, sorry. Right. excuse my language. <laughs> like they are 
perfection. And imagine those two starting a new way of training Jedi and them taking the name Jedi and saying, we are taking this word back and we're going to turn it into what it needs to be because you people screwed it up for a long time. And I'm also hopeful that Ben will come back. It was the rise of Skywalker, which could very much just be Ray rising to, you know, taking the moniker and all those things. Right. They are a dyad in the force. She is Palpatine. Palpatines have apparently the ability to, you know, save people from dying and create life, possibly, because I'm on team. Palpatine is Anakin's bio dad, too, with that weird way. But Ben could come back. Why couldn't the Force physically manifest him back? Every time we see a Jedi, you know, you see a ghost, you hear a voice the first time, but the closer... I, you know, this is up for debate. This would be a great podcast on itself. How force ghosts work. And is it the, is it the, the viewer that is creating the tangibility or is it the ghost on, in, on, in the nether regions that are creating the visibility kind of thing. But like, you know, Luke is like almost there. He just looks like a dude painted blue and like, he's really in close with the force. I don't know what Ahsoka is. I still wonder if she really died and now she's just somehow back from the dead and she is something. We don't really know. I don't know. I can't wait to find out or leave it ambiguous. I don't care. But I think I don't, I'm not ruling that Ben Solo isn't going to come back. Give him time. Give them a better story. And I think he could come back because actually I, I don't even need to go down the bitter Betty land of like give him the better story because Daisy Ridley's performance in The Rise of Skywalker was amazing. So she clearly believed in that story, believed in that character, and believed in that character's journey because her story was amazing. And and Adam Driver's performance in that entire saga was so, oh, my God, like probably the greatest acting in any of all of Daisy Ridley, too. They were so good. So they had to believe in what they were doing. So I'm not going to get in, let Twitter influence me of how these people don't like what they're doing. He'll never come back because it sucked because he gave it his all. And I don't think as an artist you can give it like that unless you actually believe in what you're doing personally. He ain't there collecting checks. So, Emma, what about you? From our Raylo, from our <laughs> talking about the childhoods of Ray and Ben. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, um, I think it's really interesting, like the whole theme of hope in Star Wars, because I find that that's a really relevant theme for both of them. Like Ray, even though she had such a harsh childhood and it was full of deprivation and, um like, you know, in this desolate landscape, she always found potential. She always found hope. Mm -hmm. Like even like the very first time that you meet her, when you see inside of the ATAT where she's living, like she has, she has flowers. Like she's brought beauty into her space because like, she knows that life can be beautiful and she wants to enjoy that. And like, she, she believes in it. She believes in the possibility of a good life, even living the way that she does, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like that carries her through. Like I, 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 I'm just always so inspired, you know, for all of my problems with Rise of Skywalker, blah, blah, blah. I was always so inspired by how in the final battle in Exegol, like she never gave up. Like there were so many points at which you could imagine another character just like lying down and just fit, like just yep. being like, I can't, like, I can't, 
you know? And like being able to hear the Jedi and like have their presence come and be with her and like infuse her being like in order for that to happen, you have to be open to that. You have to be able to receive it. And like that openness and, and willingness to, you know, be open to experience and to receive from the universe. Like that was such a, an inherent part of her character, you know, that that was, that was her moment, you know, it it felt like the fulfillment of, of who she was intrinsically in spite of like, when you think about all of the things that she had been through, you know, like basically indentured servitude to like a grody curl ute and like a, abandoned by her parents like living through day after day after day of you know this thing well i mean it's debatable as to whether she really believed they were going to come back we know that she 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 accepted that they weren't coming back at a certain point you know but she kept going you know and just like that optimism was so inspiring. And then on the other, on the other side of the coin, you have Ben who has the world, right? He has this family legacy and all of these opportunities and a life of comfort and, you know, amenities and people who see his value and want to, and are eager to nurture him. And yet his hope and his optimism about life are slowly being sapped away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because of forces that he has no control over. Yep. And he, he and he just he has this, you know, malevolent presence that is with him all of the time, you know, sapping away his joy in life and his belief that he can be a good person. Yep. And then and then I mean if we <clears throat> if we look at the rise of Kylo Ren, you know, like he doesn't even he doesn't destroy the temple. He doesn't know why the temple burned. He took responsibility for it. Yep. But it's not really clear like he's not directly responsible for it. Yep. You know, and and you know with the with the the last group of Padawans, you know, Vo is the only one that he actually kills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something about Ray that I love so much, especially in The Force Awakens, touching on what you were talking about and, like, where she's living and, and the things that she does, you know, that I find these characters to be both Ray and Ben such honest portrayals of children with trauma. Like, I just, I think it's, and so to us in the audience and to a lot of the people, you know, talking about how, you know, Luke says what about Jackie, oh, yeah, that is nowhere or whatever, you know, like, yeah. but to her, that's all she knows. She doesn't need anything else because that's all she has. I mean, to her, the inside of that ad ad is probably a lot bigger of an apartment or whatever than a lot of the people that she hangs out with. Like, that's a pretty big ship. <laughs> You know, like, so to her, she's probably living the high life in a lot of ways. Um, And, you know, I don't believe she thought her parents were coming back. I think she knew she didn't. But we all have those dreams that we know aren't going to happen, but we hold on to them anyways because we need to. Um, And that's a beautiful thing when people can do that. It's very sad when people lose that. Ben lost that, I think. You think he lost that. Yeah. That hope 
uh, for for who knows, you know. Um, but I, I like that with Ray, and I think that I don't think she'll. It, it reminds me of my kids, and my boys are inspire me so much because of where they came from, even just a few short years ago and the life that they had and the fact that they can laugh and smile and be so good and be so kind is just this inspiration for me. And I see a lot of that in Ray. And it's one of the things I just love about her. She is just, she's a ray of sunshine. Like that is what she is. She was given (laughs) nothing and finds it and makes it herself. She is her own light because where she's at, there is no light. And then when someone dangles the carrot in front of her going, look, I can give you that. And that's why she's like, I no. I finally figured out I had it the whole time. I had everything I needed this whole time and you can't yeah. give me anything. Yeah. Uh, it was it's so beautiful. And I love over here in the chat between Chase, Eli and Alejandro and all this trust love, because <laughs> I hope that we are on pink milk and not like nasty trust haters, because I don't think any of us particularly like it that much, but I really don't think we're mean about it. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I second catchphrase. There's room for everybody. Yeah, There's room for right. everybody here. Yep. <laughs> well, I'm thinking, I, I, you know, a lot of what has happened with me now with that movie is that I go back and I think about it and how we find out that the way that Ray was abandoned, I mean, it's like in their own way, they were trying to do what had happened with Luke and Leia. Yep. They wanted to give her the opportunity to be herself, except that unfortunately, it they put her in the bad situation, you know? But again, look at what she accomplished despite all that. And so that, you know, I think he makes you even a even better character too, in that sense, you know, it just, she could have easily let all of that bring her down and have her become this evil person and easily fall into the trap that had been in, that's in her blood, you know, so yeah. to speak, you know, or even um, the idea of like, I'm owed power like, exactly I, life yeah owes yeah me this like yeah you know yeah I feel which, which is what and 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 here's the thing because kylo has that because of that powerful skywalker blood and who her whose grandfather is i mean he feels that he is owed and he should be this character he should be like vader he wants I to be would like vader i wouldn't put it that way i would so, put it i would put it that he feels like he has to live up. He feels like he has to live up to this legacy. And I think it's the opposite of him feeling entitled. I think he is consistently frustrated with himself and his self-loathing comes from the fact that he feels that he does not measure up to this legacy. You know, people who feel entitled, they don't feel self-loathing because they're oblivious. Like they, they don't have the self-awareness needed to hate themselves. (laughs) The Question. reason why I think of it that way, though, is because it may not have been just his own thinking. The reason why mm-hmm. he has become this person is because he's had these things whispered in his ear about who he should be, how powerful he should be, and why he should be like his grandfather. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily like he's just programmed that way. It's just that he's had this little devil on his shoulder telling him that these are the things that he should be reaching for unfortunately yeah, the expectations are really and, and so that is what part of what is is his undoing obviously you know and he he loses his way but um you know again but there's all this manipulation that doesn't allow these characters to really be who they could have been because they keep getting like pulled this direction by you know an evil character who is trying to use them for their own gain in one way or another 
Yep. I love what Sleeping Kitten said. Uh, I was going like, I feel this way very, very much. It's like, it's like he was, he was adopted. No one ever told him he was not that he was adopted, but they kept this huge secret from him, a gigantic part of his identity away from him. And then who is his grandfather? Darth Vader, like the dude who destroyed everything. And that blood is in him. And you kept that from me. Like, I can't imagine Again, I've said this just, you know, I was adopted by my father, but I always knew. I knew I was adopted. And so it was never this big surprise. I think about, I had a friend, a childhood friend who found out, she found out she was adopted when she turned 18. Ooh. And I'm like, and it, it really destroyed that relationship. It's betrayal. Yeah. Like, like you, kids can handle it. They can handle this information, you know, like. Like we are such open books at our house about so many things, and you know, a couple, you know, a couple of them are so young. I, I, you know, I'm just look. I'm just trying to think of what it must be like in some families and why they keep that information away from them because they might be afraid of them looking for those parents who, you know, might be really bad news. Number one, and they go so far as to think they're protecting their child that they keep this information away from them and and it ends up being a betrayal when really there should have been a realistic conversation about why you are you know why this is hard to tell your child and you know we we want to keep you away from this bad influence but know that you know we brought you into this home to love you and give you a better opportunity but it's it must be hard some people are not capable of doing that even though they were obviously trying to give this child a better future, but that's a mm-hmm. big mistake. I mean, I hope yeah. that's what it is. I hope it isn't yeah. this intimidation factor that somehow you're less of a parent because you are not biologically someone's because that is. Yeah. And that's, that's sad because that's their issue and they're putting it on their kid. Oh, so yeah. ding, ding, ding. That's what the problem is. Like that's, that's probably what Ben really set Ben off. Well, like, you know, you made that this, you made the decision of what I can handle, what I can't handle. That wasn't your decision to make. That's my decision to make. It's my decision to know this. And it's your job as a parent to help guide me if I'm not handling this right when I'm a child and give me options for well, me. Especially since like he, he hadn't seen his parents since he was 10. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and so, harsh. and then this gets like dropped on him. And, and plus you have to real, you have to think about this would have contextualized all of the dark thoughts that he was having, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, if, if that had been me, if I had had somebody like whispering dark thoughts in my ear since I was like four years old. And then all of a sudden I find out 19 years later that I am related to one of the most evil people that ever lived. I'd be like, that explains it. You know, it's like, <laughs> Oh, okay. There's something terribly wrong with me. I yeah. have something horrible inside of me. You know, yeah. and then if he leaned into it, then maybe that was the darkness that Luke saw on the night that he tried to take Penn's life. Yep. I I wonder if if there's layers of Ben who started to hate his father as he got older, thinking that like to what you're talking about, Mark, of like the intimidation of feeling like you weren't living up to this thing that you're supposed to live up to. You didn't feel that you were worthy of a Skywalker because he had too much solo in him. And he had like this dad who 
never really ever he did step up all like well, that's the thing with han he was constantly stepping up but he was such he undermined himself so much that he never gave himself the credit that needed so a child isn't going to see that a child is going to see the dad who keeps saying he's not doing enough and you know han, you know that was han you know han is sitting there let the kid i can't take i can't raise you You need to go with him i can't do this i'm not a good father i'm not a good you know that's who han was from the very and, beginning han is textually like in the novels he's yep. always like i'm not enough for him like i don't i can't use the force like yep. Leia, I, i'm not like your brother like what can i offer this child what can i yep. and then in the, and then in the sequel trilogies he does the same thing again exactly but then leia says well, you're his father you're his father that's yep. enough that's yeah. enough and so, if you had realized that sooner, we wouldn't be here. No, just kidding. <laughs> exactly. But imagine Ben, like that's where he's putting all that, that yeah, failure in yeah, his father. Yeah, and he's just, yeah. he's driving a wedge between them with yeah, that. Yeah. That's, you know, to me, I don't know. That's. Ooh. Oh, hi, Kai. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah, we were just having a conversation. I, I mentioned the napkin bombing earlier, Kai, if you weren't here yet. Uh, the problem I have with applying blame to voices in Ben's head is he's never told anyone about the voices because he connected to that to to that to Snoke. Uh, it was a mistake to not tell him about Vader. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Indeed. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Jin. I find Jin to be another very very interesting character because I'm a great Star Wars fan and completely forgot about them at the beginning of this episode. But we were given two really great parents, right? Yeah, she had she saw her mother killed. Yep. Talk about the trauma that that brought, and she's what seven, eight years old, yep. probably right. What I want to know is why does Lyra have a kyber crystal? Hmm. Hmm. I want that story so bad. Like I want to go back there. I'm hoping maybe can we get that in Cassian somehow? Could she be around? Could he Ooh. like be in the halls while they're talking or something? You know what I mean? There's potential yeah. for her to be there possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah so she, she sees her mother killed. She sees her father kidnapped <laughs> and she's hiding. And then who comes and takes her? Another dude who's suffering from childhood trauma because he was raised in a war, watched his entire oh God, family yes. burn and be oh. killed. And like, he was not good for her. No. Yeah. Saw Guerrero is not a good dude. Like he's he not was good. also more machine than man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and, he ha- and he had a pet. <laughs> yep. Brain oh, torture. <laughs> I know Boar Gullet doesn't, to me, that amazing. I, I'm like, wh- why are people making fun of Boar Gullet? That is the right. It is so cool. It is so creepy. It's perfect. But, like, Sakura is not a good dude. He's not good. We understand how he got there. Yeah. But, you know, quite frankly, he wasn't great the first time we met him either. <laughs> he yeah. was never, yeah. like, the stolid dude who's like, yeah. oh, I'm so sorry. You know, he wasn't he, bad, but the, the loss of his, but you know, the loss of his sister really, yeah. really put him over the edge, though. I mean, yeah. you know, because here's the thing. It's like that, that again, that trauma that changes people, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you pair that with being lost by yourself for how how long was he on Geonosis stuck there forever by himself? Like, I don't re- I don't remember how long it was, but he was there for a good chunk of time with no other people to speak to him. So, like, I mean, he I understand how he got there, but he's not a good dude. And that is a book that I wish I have read because I like Rogue One a lot. 
and I've never read the novel and I hear the novels like super good. Um, yeah, you know what? I haven't read it either. Okay, I'm gonna I'm put it on either. the e-reader yeah. when we finish this. I'm yeah. gonna read it right after I finish Light of the Jedi. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I really oh, want to get in there. By the way, I started reading Light of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, two chapters in. I was saving that. I forgot to bring that up. <laughs> I was like, but yes, I I I'm 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 taking the dive. Okay. The opening I'm putting is so a, good. the other book aside for a second, and I'm like, I want to know what's going on. Okay. So there. I love it. Okay. Well, we will be doing a podcast about that eventually because I okay, love sweet. it. I have two hours left and I don't want to finish it. So it's just been sitting there. Okay. Cool. <laughs> we need to be done because I've really been enjoying it a lot. Um, but I find Jen a very interesting character. I'm, I hope we get more of her somehow too. Because I feel like I feel there's a lot of her story missing. She's really good and she serves her purpose for that film. But she's an interesting character who is very Han-like to me and she wants to be the villain. She wants to be angry, which she is, but she like wants to make bad choices because she's angry, but really can't. So she's running away from doing the good. Because to I, to me, I see a child who saw her good parents. One was shot, one was kidnapped. So if that's if that's what it looks like to do the right thing, then I don't want to do that thing. So I'm just going to do the opposite, even though that's who she really, really is. And we we get that, you know, we get that at the end. Um, but she, and of course, she's not going to trust the rebellion. I mean, she was raised by Saw. She's not going to trust them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what does she say in that? What, what does she say in that movie? You know, you look the other way. When you see trouble, you do look the other way. Like that is what she's going to do. Cause that's how she survived, you know? Um, but I don't know, like who, what, who do you think? What did the two of you think of Jen? Like as a character? Cause we don't have a ton with her really, but she's a really important character, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I find her so lovable. I'd love her too. Like, yeah. And like yeah. meeting her as like a scrappy little kid with those braids and her little stormtrooper doll. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Did, was anyone ever cuter in a Star Wars movie? Like, <laughs> terrible. And, yeah. and, then, and then she grows up to just be just so scrappy and badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And street smart and just, ah. Oh. Just like I, I, the best person. Yeah. I, I know you, you're talking about how you compare her to Han, but I mean, I found her more neutral than like, whereas Han was like such a scoundrel, you know, and eventually he finds his way, you know, but for Jin, I mean, the way she was brought up that part of her life, she had good parents. So she had a good base to start with, but then, you know, I mean, I think even, saw aside seeing her mother die changed things for her obviously you know and so she's going to be a little upset for a good chunk of her life until she finds a place where she can be somebody and like lead these people and give them hope and like she's finally found her way you know i mean mm-hmm. i i it i mean and it, just the fact that the actress they got to play the character i just it just brings it all home i i do love that movie the more and more i go back and watch it the more i appreciate it you know Mm -hmm. over time i mean it just it's got one of my favorite battles in it too um 
but <laughs> but yeah, it, it it it's interesting because we we don't get to spend a lot of time with her, but we see so much of the important moments of her life that have led to this moment, and there's a lot of emotion there, and mm-hmm. she's also very scared of losing her other parent. You know, there's a good chunk of time spent on that once she gets thrown in the middle of all this and she realizes where her father's at, what's going to happen. And she's going to try to do everything she can to save his character, but she doesn't choose to be evil at that point though. She could have gone down that path and become just as evil and said, screw all this and, you know, done things on her own. But if anything, it makes her want to like, okay, I have to become part of this. I have to make this happen for my father. We're going to do this. You know, I have to finish Um, his story. Yeah, exactly. And so that's what I find so interesting about her. There were so many, so many things that happened to her that could have easily have made her a completely different person. And she chose to do the right thing. And yeah, in the end, look at what we get. I mean, she's such a huge part of what, we end up seeing happening in a new hope and you see all of that in a whole new light because of that character. Yeah. That's pretty cool stuff. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what I got to say about Jim. <laughs> yeah. That movie. Yeah. <sighs> we didn't even get to Han and Kira. Sorry. I love, Oh God. The more I watch solo, the more Kira is like, Oh God. Can, can we talk Kira. a little, can we talk a little bit about feelings about Hux? Yes. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Please. So I I reread his comic. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it begins with him enduring horrible, horrible cruelty at the hands of his father. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he is just completely irredeemable. Like his mm. the depths to which he sinks. And his cruelty are just chilling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so like how sympathetic of a character can he be? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I I love Hux. Hux is up there with one of my favorite characters, actually. Um I've been pretty open that some of the way he was portrayed in The Last Jedi was not exactly my favorite, but then hanging out with Emma long enough, I understand it more, I think, than I did before. And it's one of the things I liked about The Rise of Skywalker. Actually, I like that he went out like a punk. Like, I know not everyone is in for that scene, but I'm like, oh my God, this is so perfect. Like, you thought you earned it all, and you were like, you thought you were going to be the Supreme Chancellor, and you just got taken out like a punk real quick, like, because you really were just a rapid cur on a leash. <laughs> That's all you were, <laughs> you know, like, and it's tragic for him, not tragic. Cause he was good, but tragic. Do you, like, you read the Hux comic. Do you know what happens in it? I know what happens. I have not read it now. Okay. That's going to say, cause it kind of changes all that a bit. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. So, um, Oh, maybe. Okay. Well, maybe I don't know everything that went yeah, on. Yeah, you you should because I think it it would you would see him differently. Um, it's been a while since I read it, obviously, but I just yeah, it does it does change. Okay. How, okay. Yeah. What goes so, on? What goes on in this comic? Go so for it. and Kylo crash on a planet, and they meet a human man, and uh, Kylo is unconscious, and. 
Hux finds out that this human man used to be an Alderanian, and he was actually very mm. loyal to the royal family. He was one of the guards at the palace, and he happened to be off planet when the cataclysm happened. And he's just kind of been like eking out this life on this on this planet. And um, he manipulates Hux manipulates this man by revealing Ben's identity to him. And they have like what looks like a heartfelt conversation about how Ben is a lot like Leia and blah, blah, blah. And they seem to be making this, this connection. And he uses the man's communications array to send a distress call to the first order and Phasma and a platoon of stormtroopers shows up to pick up Hux and Kylo and extract them. And he kills the, Alderanian man's companions and says, leave him alive. We're going to come back and use this planet for target practice for Starkiller when it's operational. Oh yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> he's, like, that's what I'm saying. He's irredeemable. It's like, so profoundly evil. And yeah. like, like met the mental, the level of mental cruelty. Oh yeah. Is just like off the charts. Oh yeah, don't mistake my. I'm yeah. like it's upsetting that he got <laughs> taken out like a punk. Like I feel that way. I mean, like in his own brain, like how yeah. horrible yeah. for him. No, like, I understand yeah. that. It's just it's like so. It's like really extreme. Like yeah, I, no, I found that like the the that material portrays him as being like way more threatening oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. frightening than the films did. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I think The Force Awakens made him very threatening. I guess that speech to me is the best part of The Force Awakens. Man. Hands down. Yeah. And it should have, it should have, I guess it should have just kept that way because, you know, the, that they're saying that the book really backs up his upbringing, who he became, and what he was capable of. And so, I mean, and he was straight up unwanted. Like he was yeah. probably one of the most unwanted children in, that we've seen in Star Wars, because yeah. his his he wasn't even his father's like primary child. He was the product of an affair with a servant, and who even knows if that affair was consensual? Probably wasn't. Probably so, wasn't. Be, yeah, yeah. Doing <laughs> rental hex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, I. Yeah, I, for me, that Huck scene in Force Awakens is my favorite part of that entire movie. It steals the show every single time. It's so good. It's so chilling. Mm-hmm. Especially on a big screen, uh, you're like, oh. <laughs> when that when they played that in Star Wars Resistance, I was like, oh god, and it was like, <clears throat> you know, I get who the audience for Resistance was, and I think they pushed it as far as they could have gone. Imagine imagine like the clone wars audience, but that scene, like what they could have done with all those characters and something like that. Like it was heartbreaking for, for for uh, Kaz to see that. And uh, it was awful. Michael was like, so upset. Michael was so upset when he was watching that. He's like, was that his, that was where his parents were. Oh God. He was very upset. It was so, I mean, it was effective. It was effective for the target audience that they were hitting, but um, yeah. Oh, crazy crazy all right do we have anything else we want to add before we wrap this episode up i think we talked about pretty much everything i mean if we ever want to talk about like 
clone troopers and stormtroopers in general, we can touch on Finn's story then, I think, would be a good time to do that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, James. There we go. We didn't even get to Finn. Boy. No, we will, though. We will. We, Finn is yeah. incredible, actually. Yeah, actually, I think tying Finn with, with clones would be really, really interesting. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. That would be, there we go. We're going to put that in our Google documents for a future episode. Because, yeah, I think and, there's really something there. And we can talk about Poe and we talk about pilots and ships. Yep. Yeah, well, you, yeah, I won't. I'll have to be quiet on that one again. Even though I don't know if I have the ability to be quiet. <laughs> I'm like not a, I'm not like a pilot and like military person in Star. I'm like, okay, yep, there we go. They're great. I can look at Poe's bum all day long, and that's fine. <laughs> I'm there. I can watch that scene when he gets like flown out the thing all the time when he runs to the window. I can watch those on repeat all the time because <laughs> I am that person. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone in the chat. We appreciate it. I'm really excited. I really like this conversation. I think this is going to be one of my favorite live streams, actually. This was a really good talk. I was, and it's also because I've been sitting with it for a week going, I can't wait to do this because I was trying to have this conversation with Tom and he's like, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. (laughs) I love you, honey, but it was fun. I was like, oh yeah, no, no. Who, who is that? Who? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But anyways, thank you very, very much, everyone to all of you who are still here. Thank you. We appreciate you as always. Can't wait until next week, Emma and Mark. Thank you, Emma. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Foxler, F-O-X-F-L-E-U-R, ship who you want. All ships are valid. Yay! Mark. <laughs> I love you're in that. <laughs> well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at IML Diablito. And um, also on Taking a Number Two Star Trek podcast on the Bad Motivators Patreon network. Awesome. Thank you. You can, you can find me at B underscore says, oh, my God. Oh, underscore steps pink milk. Never mind. It was there. Just kidding. Sorry, everyone. Do as Crystal <laughs> says. Smash that like button and hit the bell. Do all those things that you're supposed to do. You can follow us on Twitter at serving pink milk. And like I said, you can follow me at B underscore steps pink milk. You can follow Tom, who will not talk to you because he's never once logged into Twitter again at Tom sips pink milk. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Oh, God, I love him. Uh, and then don't forget to uh, follow us and follow our podcast on Wednesday. And you can listen to this again on Monday. So until next week, it is that time to drink up. Drink up.